Frequency Podcast Network wants to keep you safer online. That's why they've teamed up with TELUS Online Security. With data breaches becoming more and more common, it's important to know if your personal information has been compromised. Fraudsters can use your stolen data to attempt to open new accounts, rent or buy properties, and do other fraudulent activities in your name. Check to see if your personal info has been exposed. Try a free dark web scan brought to you by TELUS Online Security, powered by Norton. Visit telus.com slash dark web. No one can prevent all cybercrime or identity theft. Conditions apply. You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production in association with City News. All romance scams begin the same way, with a promise of love and an end to loneliness. And they all end the same way, too, with heartbreak and an empty bank account. But increasingly, the methods scammers use to navigate from point A to point B are becoming more complex, harder to spot, and more difficult to seek justice for in the aftermath. A pandemic that gave scammers the perfect reason not to meet in person has combined with a spike in the average person's willingness to invest in cryptocurrencies to create a kind of perfect storm. So what does a modern-day digital romance scam look like? It looks a lot like a normal connection with someone in your city on a trusted dating app. It looks a lot like a smart investment that you can watch and even withdraw funds from at first. In short, it looks pretty normal. Until it's not. Here's how that works. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Carlo Handy Charles is a dual PhD candidate, first in sociology at McMaster University, second in geography at the Université des Antilles. He's written several pieces on exactly how these modern-day scammers operate. Hey, Carlo. Hi, Jordan. Why don't uh, you just begin maybe by running me through the kind of scenario that you're talking about in some of your work here. You know, can you explain how this kind of uh, transnational dating or romance fraud typically works online? So the way it works is the following. Somebody uh, matches with you on a dating app. It can be any of the major dating apps that we know, Tinder, uh, Bumble, um, you know, even Grindr. Mm-hmm. And uh, the person starts developing a relationship with you without you necessarily knowing it. The person is very nice at the beginning. So uh, for most of the people who uh, are unfortunately victim of that, they uh, explain that, you know, the chat started as something very normal and very low-key. So it's a few messages. Uh, the person is not too insistent about anything. The person uh, basically presents uh, themselves as uh, somebody who is a professional working in the same city, which is really important, uh, as uh, where the person, uh, whatever, you know, whoever the victim is, is living. Um, the person has uh, the dream of being in a committed uh, relationship. Uh, the person is looking for love. The person, you know, is basically everything that, uh, you know, a person who is looking for a genuine loving connection on the internet. And that's how the relationship starts. So from that first conversation, uh, that 
scammer or that criminal, as I prefer to call them, uh, lures the victim to go onto any of the messaging apps, Telegram, for example, WhatsApp, and they start talking. Because on these apps, uh, as we know, conversations are encrypted. So there is no way, uh, as far as we know, that companies like Meta, for example, or Telegram can control or intrude into the conversations that people are having on these messaging apps. Right. So then they started talking to you slowly to do what uh, they call in their own language, uh, basically, you know, uh, fasten you up. So they're giving you enough food, <laughs> basically, in order for you to not suspect anything. So these conversations entail uh, sending you a message in the morning to know how you were, you know, how you slept uh, the night before, how you woke up, how you felt, and then all of those things. And then they may message you. I want to stop you for just one second right mm -hmm. there because I'm kind of fascinated by this. So this person is pretending to be in the same city uh, as their victim. Do they ever meet in person? Are they constantly trying to like not do that? How does that part of it work? I mean, most of these uh, scams happened during the, you know, specifically during the first two years of the pandemic, the first year and a half of the pandemic, uh, 2020. Ah. So the idea of meeting in person was not necessarily available for many people because, you know, everything was closed, uh, restaurants, bars, uh, you know, and then there were uh, very strong public health measures to discourage people from meeting up. And we remember, right, the idea of the bubble, right? You have just one person or a few people in your bubble, your family, uh, your close friend, and that's it. So uh, it was kind of normal during the pandemic for people not to meet. So most of these relationships, they developed online and people never met, you know, uh, the, the scammers. So what happens then? Uh, how does it turn from this, you know, constant reinforcement? How was your day? Nice to hear from you this morning, etc. to a point where it starts to become dangerous. When does that happen? Yes, I think it's something that we really need to to delve into, and and that's the reason I, I wrote these articles because I think most people don't necessarily understand how scams like this happen. Most people would, uh, you know, most likely judge people who are victim of it instead of trying to understand. Uh, and then the way that I explain it is, if you have somebody who is uh, messaging you every day, uh, morning and night, and during the day to know how you are, positive messages. There is no uh, request request for money. There is no interest in having your any of your personal information. The person is just being nice to you. Mm. Then it kind of develops into a relationship of trust and confidence. For example, one of the victims who lived, uh, I mean, who still lives in Boston, uh, she said that she lost $2.5 million US dollars uh, during the course of a few months when, you know, she started investing. And the reason that happened because she, uh, you know, had cancer at that time. She had recovered a few months earlier. And then uh, a few months later, uh, cancer reappeared. Uh, she was going through, uh, you know, a uh, separation from, from her husband. She was alone living uh, in a house and she was receiving these kind of positive messages every day. Mm -hmm. So then every day that kind of builds up into that relationship where you trust that person that you have never met really, but then you trust it because you feel like this is somebody who cares about me, right? And uh, the messages, they're not only silly messages. The person shows that they really care for you in the sense that they're asking you, uh, you know, what you're doing during the day. They may even give you advice on things to do if you tell them that you're going to go out uh, for... 
let's say, doing whatever you need to do. They're going to tell you, pay attention to COVID protocols, wear your mask, and things like that. So those are people who are really, really good at what they do. And the aspect of living in the same city is something that they tell people uh, in order for people not to suspect that they're scammers. Because if they tell you that they live in the same city, but because of COVID, you cannot meet, then it's much more, you know, it's much easier for you uh, to say, okay, it's all good. We're going to meet at some point when the COVID-19 restrictions are lifted. Mm-hmm. So that's how these relationships, they become very dangerous uh, over the course of a few weeks or a few months. How does the money come into it and when? You mentioned uh, it's an investment, and that's one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you. We've done an episode about romance scams before, and um, the Perps MO in that situation was to you know, be getting in trouble, right? Like, oh my gosh, my my plane ticket got canceled. I need $300 to get my plane ticket or, you know, my friend is in jail. I need to bail him out. Like all these mm-hmm. unfortunate situations, which probably smell a little suspicious after one or two times. Um, but this is an investment pitch. Tell me how it works. So the way that that works As I said, we have to think and to keep in mind the idea of uh, building trust, right? Building a trusting relationship over time, over a few weeks, over a few months. So then when this trust is there, what these cameras, uh, they start to do. And then we have to say that these cameras, they use script. That's really important because what they are doing, they are not doing it only based on how things are evolving. They are doing it based on a particular script that is created by people who have knowledge in, in uh, psychological profile, for example. They, uh, you know, algorithm to know what works on which customers because that's how they call the victims, customers. Those are clients right. for them. So then uh, this, at some point when they are really sure that the person they are communicating with trust them, they start telling the person that they have invested in cryptocurrency as a side hustle, basically. So, uh, for example, let's say uh, I am somebody who is talking to somebody who is, uh, you know, a scammer without me knowing it. And, uh, you know, over the course of a few months, uh, we have been chatting. The person knows enough about me. And then about what I do for a living, about uh, even not how much money I make, but, you know, whatever struggles I might have in life. Then the person tells me the same thing about them, right? They're working for this company. They are making that type of money. But in addition to the salary that they have at this company, they're also investing in cryptocurrency. And their investments in cryptocurrency have made huge returns, for example, if the person pretends to be a beauty a beauty salon owner, they're going to tell you, you know, I do that for a living every day, but then what I do on the side is to invest the money that I'm making into, uh, you know, uh, cryptocurrency. So then I've been able to make, for example, the past month, I've been able to make $20,000, $50,000, $100,000 of benefit right. without counting the principal amount. So they basically drop in hand. Uh, the first time without asking you to invest in anything. And then they keep dropping basically hands to you. And then so then by the time that they ask you to invest or they suggest that you invest with them as a couple for your future together, you do it because you have been talking with that person, you know, for a long time, you have built trust with that person and the person has also uh, uh, made, you know, enough money uh, in the side uh, investment thing. 
So much of what you do online can be risky. That's why Frequency Podcast Network has teamed up with TELUS Online Security, powered by Norton. Simple actions like connecting to public Wi-Fi and opening sketchy sites or emails from people you are not aware of can expose your personal information. But with TELUS Online Security, which includes a secure VPN, you can browse securely and anonymously. Get Canada's most comprehensive all-in-one protection starting from just $10 per month. Visit telus.com slash online security. A simple way to stay safer. No one can prevent all cybercrime or identity theft. Conditions apply. March Fautour is a border-hopping Canadian romance con artist. His trail of destruction has led to heartbreak, bankruptcies, foreclosures, and even PTSD. How could you ruin so many people's lives? It's dark evil. From Pink Moon Studio and Frequency Podcast Network, don't miss the final episode of Catch Him If You Can. The story of Marcel Vautour, his survivor's real-time crusade to catch him, and the broken legal system that's allowed him to get away. This is his job. He is good at what he does. Say, you know what? Bravo. You're good at what you do. But we're, we're good at what we do, too. And we're going to get you. Binge every episode of Catch Him If You Can, available on Frequency Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Find your frequency. What happens once you make that investment? So they tell you about these investments. They tell you about all the returns that you're making. And then they suggest that you invest a very small amount of money first. So then uh, they can tell you, okay, in order for you to judge, you know, the quality of that investment, I'm going to suggest that you invest $500, for example, or $200 or, or $100 which is not that much money for a lot of people, specifically if you're like in your 30s, your 40s, you've worked uh, enough, you've had some savings in the bank and during the pandemic, you have not, uh, you know, spent a lot of money because you have been at home. So you have some money and then you want to do some projects with that money. Sure. Then when they tell you to invest a small amount of money, what they tell you, they tell you to go through legitimate investment platforms. So uh, depending on where they're talking to you and which country they're, uh, you know, scamming you uh, in, for example, if you're in the US, they're going to tell you to go to a legitimate crypto.com platform or Coinbase. If they're in Canada, they're going to tell you to use ShakePay, for example. Like those are legitimate platforms, right, that people use to invest in cryptocurrency. And then after you register for all of that, they send you a, a link, Uh, And the link that they send you is the link of an investment platform where you're supposed to invest your money. And this investment platform is supposed to be better than, uh, you know, better than um, uh, the legitimate apps where you're investing your money. Which means that you buy cryptocurrency on legitimate platform, then immediately uh, you, uh, you know, they ask, you know, the victims to send their money to that specific uh, platform, which is a bogus platform, which is a fake platform that they control, that they set up, that they manipulate to make uh, it, to make it look like the money that you're putting in is being invested and uh, you are getting returns out of it. So then the first very small amount that you invest, whether it's $50 or it's $20 or even a hundred or a few thousand, depending on uh, you know, your, uh, your income uh, capacity, your income level, they uh, manipulate the fake platform that they create to uh, make it look like you have made some investments. So if you invested uh, 500, they make it look like you have made $200 of returns, right, out of the 500. So now that you have invested 500 and plus you have 200, you have 700, you're like, oh, that's basically working. And then so that's how they get most of the victims to invest the money 
basically to 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 you know to send the money to them because it's not an investment really it's you, the victim sending uh you know the money to them and then in order to convince the victim that the entire investment is real they actually allow the victim because again they manipulate those websites they allow the victim to withdraw that money right so if you have invested 500 you have had 200 as returns they allow that victim to withdraw the entire 700 to the bank account so imagine you as a victim you withdrew 700 from a 500 investment you're happy with it right so you want to to keep doing it and immediately after they tell you oh and you trust them because you're able to have this money back to your bank account it's not like something that stays there forever. No, you're able to have it on your normal bank account that you can use it right after, right? right? So then a lot of people, they're lured into these investments that way. That's the reason we're hearing people in the US or in Canada using huge uh, sums of money. Like people in Canada using like a million dollars. I I read a case of somebody in Montreal using four, um, you know, losing 400 thousand dollars that was you know an apartment that that person was going to uh you know invest in uh there is a person who uh, actually contacted me uh after publishing my first article in march and that person told me that they lost almost a million dollars it is incredible it is incredible but that's how they actually manage to make people um to make people invest what options does somebody have uh once they either discover that this is a scam or or they're their savings drop to zero and the person stops contacting them like it's crypto, right? This is why they're using crypto because it's unregulated. Yes, that's that's absolutely right. That's exactly the reason they're using it. They're using crypto because crypto is still not <clears throat> regulated yet, uh, which means that, uh, you know, there's not uh, enough government oversight on it. They're not, uh, you know, and specifically because crypto is this kind of promote, this kind of uh, decentralized uh, finance. So there is not a specific uh, government body or a central bank uh, that, you know, uh, regulates this. So then uh, they they use crypto to make people invest. So uh, your question, uh, what are the options? Uh, as of now, what I've heard, I've heard that in the UK, some people were able to, uh, uh, you know, uh, file, uh, you know, for uh, reimbursement uh, refund from the banks, and uh, some of uh, some of uh, the banks in the UK they have been able to to help uh, people who have been lured that way through women specifically uh, to recover some of the money. But some of the of, uh, other options is uh, immediately if you have invested that money and immediately you found out that it's a scam, then the best way to do is to contact, uh, you know, whatever uh, bodies, for example, in Canada, it's the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre, it's the police, uh, or, you know, the platform that you, you know, uh, for example, the, um, the crypto trading platform, uh, the legitimate one where you bought uh, the, the, the crypto to see what they can do. But in most of the cases, they are telling you that uh, crypto, once you buy it, uh, it's uh, it's gone. When you've sent it, it's gone forever. It's, uh, it's not reversible. So, you know, they, they get stuck with uh, with zero money on the savings, but also a lot of them have also made, you know, they have taken out loans, for example. I've read a recent case in uh, in the UK, uh, um, as a matter of fact, of somebody who lost uh, uh, £113,000 uh, and that person had taken several loans to keep investing over the course of several months, you know, thinking at some point that he was going to, uh, you know, make some profit and repay these loans immediately and all of that. So that, you know, speaks to 
how insidious you know all of that is and how good they are at convincing at uh, convincing people to uh to to take loans to invest right which yeah. is which is incredible so how do we stop this then if you're not going to be able to catch it on the back end because once the money goes uh it's gone where can you kind of nip this in the bud on the front end so that it doesn't get to this point yeah. So on the front end, I think uh, we, I mean, what I've been saying so far is that we need a coordinated effort uh, from, uh, uh, obviously, the government, specifically the, the part of the government that deal with uh, with scams, with fraud. We need more awareness about this. And when I when I when I when I talk about awareness, uh, I'm not only talking about putting just a message on the website. This is not enough awareness. We need ads on TV. We need ads wherever we can have ads in order for people to get used to it. The reason I'm saying it is because since 2020, since the, the onset of the pandemic, most of us we have used online technology uh, in a way that we have not used before. So we have had to adapt so quickly to that world of technology that a lot of us, we didn't know that existed before. And then so, you know, there was a learning curve in terms of, you know, how much you learn, how much you know about how how things happen. So then in order to accompany, to guide, uh, you know, the population in learning how online technology works, we need more warning, more uh, educational videos and prevention about uh, what, you know, how scams works. We have known for a few years now that the world of cryptocurrency is the preferred, uh, one of the preferred methods of payment of uh, criminals. Then why not warning the, the public more about that kind of, uh, you know, a way of, uh, of, 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 of defrauding people? So that's what I can see the government do. But also the government should allocate much more money to, uh, you know, police departments to be able to fight this. You know, we talk about the idea of uh, privacy and anonymity in the world of cryptocurrency. But if there is enough money that is out there, it is possible to hire good tech people to follow the, the money, to see where the money goes. Right. So we have we have seen a few documentaries now on how, you know, people who are tech savvy, who are working in the te- technology world, how they have been able to follow money. Uh, and then to see where this money goes and then who is able to, uh, to, to, you know, to receive this money. And we have had some big uh, cases in, 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 you know, in Canada, in the U.S., where some people have been arrested, uh, you know, in the black market because, you know, um, you know the police departments, uh, they have been able to follow. So we know that's possible. We know it is possible. So then as it's possible, what we need to do is dedicate more money. That's what I see the government do. But these coordinated efforts should also... Uh, be done on the part of the financial institutions. For example, um, you know, know your customer is something in Canada, uh, which is mainly, uh, you know, related to the idea of, uh, you know, knowing who you are transacting money with and things like that. But also, I think we need to have a, a, a more holistic approach of, uh, of customers in the sense that if a person has had the bank account with you for 10 years, for 20 years, they have never uh, withdrawn that much money in such a short so period of time, and you are the, the financial advisor, at some point, I think there is some follow-up that needs to be done to really understand whether that person is investing that money in something uh, that the person may regret later. So I think it's the idea of caring for your clients or caring for your customers, uh, in addition to, obviously, uh, you know, putting videos out there and then uh, engaging more 
you know, even the apps that the banks have, they can send messages and notifications on the apps to tell people when there is a new uh, big scam going around. So then people can read it and really be warned about it. And also we need the media to be much more upfront with the idea of talking about frauds like you're doing it in this series. We need more series like that because frauds, they're happening every day. As we are speaking, I'm sure there are some frauds happening, whether it's this big butchering, whether it's something else. But then because after the fraud, so many people are so ashamed of it, they don't share the experience. And then the more you don't share, like the less you share your experience, the less people know about them, the less we're able to prevent massive scale of fraud happening. So we need really this coordinated action on part of several institutions and government bodies in order for us to prevent that before it happens uh, as of now. And then more regulations of crypto. We definitely get to a point where now we need to regulate crypto more. We need to really understand because that's becoming something big, right? It's not just a few people uh, transacting money. It's billions and billions of dollars. Only in 2020, $14 billion were lost in cryptocurrency fraud, right? So then we need to be able to do something to protect people. Carlo, thank you so much for this. Really fascinating. Thank you very much for having me, Jordan. Appreciate the conversation. That was Carlo Handy Charles, and that was The Big Story. For more from us, head to thebigstorypodcast.ca, find us on Twitter at thebigstoryfpn, email us hello at thebigstorypodcast.ca, and call us 416-935-5935, ask us a question about the podcast, or demand that we cover your preferred topic. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow. When it comes to being online, we live life on the edge. Sending personal documents on questionable public Wi-Fi, rolling the dice with shady shopping sites, and don't even pretend you've never clicked on a deal that's too good to be true. Who hasn't? Luckily, there's TELUS Online Security, all-in-one protection for your identity and devices to help you connect, browse, and bank with confidence. Stay safer with TELUS Online Security, powered by Norton. Learn more at telus.com slash online security. No one can prevent all cybercrime or identity theft. Conditions apply.